0: if you just do a, a search on, on Indeed or a search on, on LinkedIn for customer education and you, and you look at jobs, there's actually job posts now. You see mm-hmm. your directors, managers, VPs, um, specialists with, with customer education in the actual title. And to me, that just says, hey, this is a category. The practice has arrived and, uh, and, and these foundations have really come into place.
1: Welcome to C Lab, the customer education lab, where we explore how to build customer education programs, experiment with new approaches, and exterminate the myths and bad advice that stop growth dead in its tracks. I'm Adam Evermescu, and today we have a very special guest, Steve Cornwell, CEO and founder of NorthPaths. Welcome, Steve. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on the show. And we are so happy to have you here on. Well, so you know, we always do the National Day of on this show, and today it actually happens to be a lot of different National Days of. It's uh, it's National Day of Unplugging first of all, which might be ironic for us, uh, being in tech. It's uh, it's National Employee Appreciation Day. Uh, yes, I, a good I appreciate one. the employees I work with. I'm sure you appreciate yours too. Uh, it's National Absinthe Day, in case anyone is uh, looking for a, a little drink afterwards. <laughs> But finally, maybe most appropriately, it is National Multiple Personality Day. And so for a single day that can have so many national days of, that's probably appropriate. Usually we don't get that many. <laughs> that's amazing. Thanks That for is that. amazing. <laughs> to all the amazing employees out there. Awesome. Thank you. Yes, we love we love employees, don't we? we are employed. I'm an employee. We all are, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, we're all someone's employee. So Steve, thank you so much for for coming on the show. Would you like to give a, uh, a quick introduction to yourself before we dive in?
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, hey, it's great to be with you again. Uh, I'm Steve Cornwell. I am the founder and CEO of NorthPass. Uh, we are uh, a learning platform that specializes in building a uh, custom uh, uh, platforms for uh, customer education programs, but uh, but also for partner programs and, and workforce programs
1: as well. So it's great to be with you here chatting and uh, look forward to the conversation. Yeah, me too. And so for, for our listeners, Steve, we're continuing uh, part of our CEO series that we've been doing. And this is where we go behind the scenes with what's happening at the top level of learning technologies. And so we're really excited to talk to you today. I think a lot of our listeners will know of NorthPass as the learning platform for companies like Shopify, Freshworks, Uber, Compass. Um, so I'd really like to dive in with you and, and get behind the scenes of NorthPass and also hear about your journey. So maybe we can start with a little get to know you time. I'd love to hear about your background and, and career. Yeah, sure thing. So I've I've spent my career in SaaS, I've spent
0: my career, I, I guess what I could say, in you know, category development within SaaS. Um, I, I've always been in a an organization that's really kind of pioneering new spaces, and, and it's been a lot of fun. Been really fortunate in that way. Um, I started my career in in sales at a uh, at a very early stage uh, SaaS company, and then I moved into uh, managing uh, customer success teams, uh, playing key roles in managing marketing groups, and then in product management as well. And the company that I started with uh, really right after university in uh, 2003 was a company called Edifice. And what we did is we had a a data service platform and a data analytics platform for retail, uh, the retail industry. And uh, it was a really, really exciting uh, time because the idea of like big data was just coming onto the scene and uh, we were growing really, really fast and changing the way that their whole retail industry thought about using data. So I progressed through you know, sales, customer success, marketing, product management. Uh, and uh, we built that company up from you know, just a few employees to, to over 100 employees. And we, we had a really nice exit uh, to a, a NASDAQ company uh, called SPS Commerce. And uh, and then I moved into a general management role over there, helping them really integrate uh, that product line and, and really get it deeply embedded into their sales process and into their marketing and their whole go to market and uh, and so from there though then uh, you know I decided that uh, I just love the the hustle and the uh, the building phase and the the scaling phase so I jumped back into startup land and, and founded north pass and we've been growing that for a few years now and, and that's kind of what what led us here
1: Amazing and so Northpass um, again. I'm, I'm looking at your your tagline. You're a fully customizable learning platform for today's workforce, customer and partner training powered initiatives. Which is, you know, great to see. Uh, you know, you spanning multiple verticals of of you know what we might consider the customer education or the learning management market. How did you how did you get the idea that this is the thing that you wanted to do when you, you know, wanted to start a new company. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it's it's really interesting how
0: it's all all come together, and um, so it, it ultimately ties back to my time at Edifice, and so like I mentioned before, that business was growing, and one of the cool things that we were doing in that business was uh, we were we we were retraining an entire industry, this retail industry, how to think about data, and for the mm. longest time, manufacturers in that industry. Uh, like, like Nike, for example, or like L'Oreal, they had thought about their, uh, their success based on how much product they sold into a retailer and not really how much actually went to the the consumer. And so we were actually teaching them how to retrain them to think about actually thinking all the way to the end user. And it was a big monumental, uh, mindset shift that took a lot, a lot of education Beneath all of that, we had a very sophisticated and enterprise-grade data platform, which was our product. It was was the Edifice service. And uh, to be successful in that business, education was a really big component of what we did. And so we had uh, trainers on staff and and customer success teams educating the clients constantly. And we got to a point in our, our scaling where we had to think a little bit differently about education. We had to scale it more uh, efficiently. And, and frankly, you know in a really if I really look at it critically, our customers didn't necessarily love the way we were educating them at the time. It was a lot of on-site, mm. a lot of curriculum, you know a, on-site curriculum, and it just wasn't all that um, that interactive and that convenient. And
1: so <laughs> it's it's so funny, Steve, like the way you describe it, that's that's literally the problem statement that's the genesis for customer education. It's so many companies, right? We've been doing it this way. We've been doing it manually. Uh, maybe we're not providing the best experience. Maybe we're not able to serve our customers as quickly as we want, and that's exactly why they start thinking about customer education in the first place. Yeah, a- absolutely, absolutely.
0: And you know, I had like a marketer's mindset. That's kind of more of my gravity as a as a professional, and so I, I looked at it from like an experiential point of view and a brand point of view, and I was like, "We just we can do this a lot better." So we we looked at this was probably two thousand. Ten or so, I, right around there, and we looked at bringing um, all of this online. And mm-hmm. uh, so we looked at the systems that were available, and there were some awesome learning management systems. But it was just so clear and obvious that they were built for more of the talent suite, the HR compliance yeah. suite. And so we we had to get, you know, ultimately decide: Hey, do we build it ourselves, or do we kind of Jimmy rig one of these? HR oriented solutions in, or did we just not do anything? And so we, we actually didn't do anything because neither of those were great options. And, uh, we just kept going. And shortly thereafter we actually exited the business to this much larger company. And there, you know, we went from having, you know, let's call it about 800 or so really good size, uh, customers to this company that we exited to, and they had 40,000 customers at the time. And they had big customers, but they also had small customers, and they had this educational problem at such a greater scale. Mm. And so, <laughs> Dawn orders of like, magnitude. Yeah, orders of magnitude. And I was going, oh, so I'm not insane. Like, I'm not. I'm not like a like like an oddball here with like this one-off problem. Other companies have this problem yeah. too.
1: Well, Steve, I'll so tell that you, that I, rem- I remember 2010 being in the market for a learning management system. This was 20 2010 2011, and we were doing customer education out to hundreds of clients that were all themselves various sizes of business from from SMB to uh, to much larger. And we had the exact same issue. We were looking mm-hmm. and, and the only things we could find were either these, you know, open source, um, you know, almost like plug-in type platforms or ones that were part of these much larger talent management suites. And we ended up going with the latter and it was, it was okay, but just the... But both from the, the pricing model all the way to the administration, it was clearly just not meeting our needs. Um, you know, I, I had to become like a halftime LMS admin, even though I was the manager of the team at the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, see, we were feeling the pain around around the same time. You know what was cool too, Adam. I think back like at that time, something that was also so inspirational and and I think it kind of indirectly influenced this this track for me was um you had really cool things happening around then you had things like, uh, like edX and Udacity and Udemy and Coursera. And they were all coming online with these really great immersive experiences. Mm -hmm. And I thought, see, that's what we wanted. That's what we, but we wanted it white labeled, you know? And, uh, so I think that it was kind of a collision of two worlds, right? This, this educate, there's a lot of progress in, Online education, making that more available and accessible, and then we had our problem that was just really starting to become a heavy problem. As like, well, we can just put this together and solve it, right? So um, that was the ultimate genesis of uh, of Northpass.
1: I, I remember that time too. Uh, I, I don't remember what exact year it was, but at, at Optimizely, we got hit up by all those platforms asking if we wanted to partner with them to do, uh, you know, an optimization course. I just remember. I remember very clearly that being. I, I called it Year of the MOOC. Well, I, I didn't. Yeah, call that's that. right. I'm sure other people yeah. called it Year of the Mook too. But I, that's what I remember it in my head. As. Okay, so that's, what a great problem statement to come out of that. And uh, obviously, both your company and customer education have come a really long way since then. So let's maybe pivot the the conversation a little bit into the state of customer education in twenty twenty one. I would love to mm-hmm. to hear a little bit about how you see the market and where it is today. Yeah, you mentioned
0: it's come a long way, right? I, I think when when we got North Pass started, we didn't even know what to call it. It's like, what what is this thing that we're trying to solve? Right. And this like word customer education, I, I remember it came up in a, like a strategy session we were having. And it was like, oh, okay, but but what is that? Like, will anyone <laughs> actually understand it? <laughs> and now here we are now and Like you have a great community and there's a lot of other great communities that are coming up around this. And I think it's, it's, if we think about the state, right. To answer your question, the state of it is, I think it's very fair to say that customer education has absolutely become a category. So that's, that's awesome just in itself. Um, and, and, uh, you know, great work to everybody over the past like decade of really building this up. So I think that, that's part of the state is it is an actual category I, I
1: fully believe that um, yeah absolutely I agree and yeah, and so there, you know, oh go ahead no go ahead please well I was gonna say so you, you were mentioning as well that you know part part of that category creation process is that I think the the need is now more defined so I'd love to hear how how you think about what's motivating um, you know kind of the traction towards customer education where where do you see the need and the the ROI? Absolutely, yeah, I think there's a couple I think there's a
0: couple macro things really driving out the need. So um, first is the the economy has has largely shifted from kind of this asset asset ownership, this asset purchase economy to more of a a subscription economy, more of an experience driven economy. And that change, uh, which is more more it, it has actually um, been more profound in some markets than others, but I'd say overall that's the general direction of the, the macro economy. That change uh, has highlighted and really elevated retention, customer retention as such a critical critical uh, driver of, of business viability and and, and business growth. so, I think that's just been a huge, huge um, kind of foundational piece of why customer education has come onto the scene so hot. Um, yeah,
1: that makes sense. Because now you're in a situation where you're not necessarily selling the product and it's a, a one-time purchase or you know a multi-year contract and you never really hear from the vendor again. Now renewal is continual, thus the risk of churn is continual and in a subscription economy, that's obviously going to drive the need to continue c- to continually nurture and to educate your customer.
0: Right, right, yeah, and and if you think about it too, right, it's kind of like that's just like good business, right? Like it's it's a better way. It's it's a more authentic. It's a more real relationship. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's only a net positive for um, just
1: kind of the way the way the economy is working. It's really yeah. cool to see. It put it puts more pressure, I think, on on vendors to deliver value continuously. You can't just uh, sell shelfware and then you know run away and go, go play golf somewhere.
0: (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. I think, Hey, I think the other big macro change too, that's happening is, um, it's so much easier than ever to create and sell products, right? Like, so if you're a digital product company, if you're a SaaS company or, um, you know, a commerce, uh, uh, maybe, maybe like a commerce company or digital content company, whatever it might be, you can, you can build products so fast now with all the infrastructure services and, um, you know, uh, the, uh, like the labor marketplaces to find help and kind of be, uh, put, put things together. And then even physical products cause are, are, are easier than ever to, to build and sell. I mean, just the, the internet has opened up so many distribution channels to reach audiences. And so I think that this just like proliferation of options, uh, that, that we face as, as consumers, you know, by going to a supermarket or B2B buyers, by looking at things like G2, it's at this point, it's, it's overwhelming in terms of how many options we have. So like things like features, they're essentially commodities at this point. Pricing is pretty much, you know, par for the course. Um, and I think that customer experience CX is becoming one of the only ways to truly differentiate businesses and um and and i think that customer education is a critical critical part of customer experience and it's a great way to differentiate so you know i think whether it's the 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 macro change towards subscription the subscription economy the experience economy or whether it's just this uh, this explosion of competitors, uh, mm-hmm. the the whole need to to build an incredible customer experience has really been a, a great catalyst for for our category here.
1: Yeah, I I think so too. And okay, let's let's get meta about it for a moment. So now we have this category, and when you have a category, that means it's somewhat easier to define the business case, right? It's it's easier today in twenty twenty one. For an early stage company to go pitch uh, a customer education role or a customer customer education function than it was ten years ago, so mm-hmm. that creates uh, a new demand for jobs. It creates a new demand for roles, and thus we have to figure out how to educate the educators. So we're getting right. pretty meta <laughs> here, um, but how how do we how do we build uh, you know the the right frameworks around this in twenty twenty one? Well, I think that's another cool piece about like where we're at uh, as a category right now is the frameworks
0: are starting to uh, come into come into focus. Um, we're seeing it, you know, from a lot of different vendors. From hey, from people like yourself, you wrote the you wrote the book on it, right? Why smart companies profit from making their customers smarter, which has a lot of compelling evidence on why to do it and a lot of great advice on how to actually do it. And um, we're seeing uh, other. But we're seeing a, a lot of um, good thought leadership around it, right? Like we we at NorthPass, we publish articles, we publish some white papers, we publish some case studies on, on this, and a lot of other vendors do. And so I think that um, that's another really great thing about where the state of the industry is right now is the frameworks are really starting to come into focus, which is allowing um, the... Like you said, like the the educators to get educated about how to actually do this, and I think that um, we see proof of this if you just do a a search on on Indeed or a search on, on LinkedIn for customer education and you and you look at jobs. There's actually job posts now. You, you see mm-hmm. your directors, managers, VPs, um, specialists with with customer education in the actual title. And to me. That just says, "Hey, this is a category. The practice has arrived, and, uh, and and these foundations have really come into place."
1: It's it's remarkable. I agree that you know, first of all, to your point, there are more frameworks out there now, including the thought leadership that your company puts out, uh, that really put more guardrails around the discipline of customer education, or more best practices or frameworks that can be used. Um, this episode will probably air after a couple. Uh, that are focused on customer education maturity models, which mm-hmm. is now something we're starting to see more of. And similarly, with the on, on the job front, I, like you, have seen more customer education jobs and more customer education leadership roles open this year than I have in any year prior. And I'm sure COVID had um, an accelerating effect on some of that, but I, I agree with you. So much of it is that the category has arrived Um and, I, and I'm I'm surprised in some ways that it's arrived as quickly as it has. So it really yeah. is it's delightful to see. And what's really intriguing to me is that not only are the jobs here, but increasingly they're all starting to be called the same thing or, or the same couple of things.
0: Yes, it is definitely normalizing, right? It's like the identity. It's it's a multiple identity day. I think you said right. So yes, uh, <laughs> I think it's. I think it's fair to say that the identity of customer education is starting to like find
1: itself right. And brand itself, which is, which is great. Yeah. I I love it. And so, you know, tell me, tell me a little bit about, you know, who, who you're seeing invest in customer education these days. Uh, What companies?
0: Yeah, definitely. So this, I think in 2021, something really cool is happening. I think we, we see it. I think um, the pandemic accelerated this too, but, company customer education is not just for for big companies anymore and that is that that fact is going to help accelerate the growth of this category so much so i think historically um customer training customer education you know the you know, the, the the big like robust customer academy was really just for big companies you know think about like HubSpot Academy, more recently Salesforce Trailhead. I mean, Adobe's had a massive learning services group for forever, yeah. And these are all huge, huge companies, and uh, they've done great work, like being inspiration, being role models for um, ambitious, you know, small businesses and, and growing mid-sized businesses. And I think, um, you know, having been in growth stage, uh, startups. I've always looked at those. Like that's, that academy is a tremendous asset. Like I would like to have something like that one day. How How do I build my own trailhead? Right. Exactly. How, how, how can we do that? And so, but I think historically really only up until the past couple of years, um, to the lift to build something like that heck I experienced it. it's why I started this company. It, the lift to build it was just too resource intensive. it required too much specialized expertise and it put um, a proper customer education program entirely out of reach for SMBs and 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 for many and most mid-market companies. Mm-hmm. but that that's all changed dramatically now and I think two things have really driven the change and and allowed, which has, has made customer education programs accessible to all companies. So the first is that content has, has always been a blocker and multimedia production tools, heck like the one we're recording this, this podcast on, or like Canva, right? Like anybody Mm -hmm. can use Canva to develop beautiful things, or there's, there's writing tools now that basically write for you. And so all of this multimedia production tooling has, um, Become commonplace and really slashed the the costs of great content production and made content production accessible to a non e learning professional, and that mm-hmm. has torn down a huge, huge, huge barrier to yeah. getting into this space.
1: It's also, I think, in a way, um, sorry to interrupt. It's it's also, I think, put more power into the hands of instructional designers who are increasingly becoming learning experience designers with a focus on the end-user experience, on the multimedia aspects of what they're doing. Because it used to be you'd say to an instructional designer, hey, go create your own multimedia, and they'd look at you like you don't you know, speak in Greek. And <laughs> right. that's not really the case right. anymore, right? It's, it's actually pretty much an expected part of a modern learning experience designer's job that you're able to do something of your own multimedia production. I think it's so cool,
0: right? Because now... Instructional design profession can can um, can think about things, like you said, from the experience point of view. And the building blocks of content have already been taken care of. And, and it's about weaving all of that together into a unique and proprietary experience. Uh, and it, it just takes so much of the heavy lifting out of it. So I fully agree. I think it's a great thing for the instructional design uh, craft as well. Yeah. I think the other big piece, Adam, is that uh, has really made customer education more accessible. Is that just like platform vendors, you know, software vendors, lear- learning, 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 uh, technology companies have started to build more um, specific solutions for the customer education um, uh, use case, and uh, and 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 that has become a very very. Um, uh, efficient way. These services, these products, have become a very efficient way for an SMB or mid-market company to to get a turnkey solution to stand up a very basic uh, but functional and effective academy in in you know a matter of days, a matter of weeks, where in the past it was just entirely out of reach, or it would have taken months to to develop.
1: Yeah, it's much easier now to to stand up an academy or, you know, any sort of customer education platform than it was in the past, especially when you were working with systems that weren't really purpose built for for this use case, right? Like you, mm-hmm. you had to do a ton of work to try to figure out, um, you know, if you're using some sort of, you know, HRIS based system, and repurposing for customer education, how are you going to handle the seats? How are you going to handle identity? And now, customer education platforms just—they—they they get that, right? That's yeah, it just does talent. it. It's magic, yeah. <laughs> which is which is amazing. And and so, Steve, <laughs> like when when we think now, you know, beyond twenty twenty one, where do you see this market going? Mm-hmm.
0: I think that there's so much traction, there's so much innovation, there's you know, there's a lot of competition, you know, in the space, and that's fueling a lot of innovation. Uh, and so, I think that some really, really um, like interesting next generation things are taking place. So one is that I think that customer education is gonna go from a place of being like an early adopter uh, concept to just flat out table stakes and like to use an analogy of uh, of blogging, right another kind of really important form of content uh, distribution we'd look at blogging. so, WordPress started up in 2003, the early 2000s or so. And then blogging exploded in amongst like writers and hobbyists that were just kind of sharing out their, uh, their musings out in the world. And then um, some early adopters in, in B2B embraced it. Um, that gave them a really unique uh, advantage and a unique kind of brand. And then HubSpot arrives a couple of years later Mm-hmm. and they make this huge bet that inbound and content marketing is going to be the new way and they were right yeah. and then by like 2010 everyone has a blog and if you don't have a <laughs> blog people kind of scratch their head and they're like, "Well, are you actually a serious company?" right? And so the blog <laughs> yeah. is now table stakes. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think that's what's going to happen with customer education where sure, you got you got Trailhead, you got HubSpot Academy, you got you got some other like really really notable um academies out there, and they're cutting edge and they're innovative. But hey, in five years, you know, in in three years, I think companies that don't have those academies, they're it's going to be similar to the blog. It's like they're not going to be taken as seriously because it's it's but it's potentially one signal to a prospective customer that maybe they don't invest as much in the customer experience as their competitor. Yeah. and uh, so I think, that's a, that's going to be a really interesting trend to watch over the next couple of years.
1: I think that's super interesting too. And, you know, the, the HubSpot story, for instance, that's pure, That's a pure category creation story. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think that's interesting, both in the sense that we'll see that in, in customer education, just like you said, but also that it's a, it's a big part of HubSpot's own story, right? Part of why HubSpot Academy is powerful and innovative is because HubSpot was using it as a tool is still using it as a tool to really create and define a category of inbound marketing. And that's really the, the power behind HubSpot Academy. And part of why, part of why I think HubSpot is successful because they're really, they're, they're selling by educating.
0: Definitely. Yeah. And I think that, I think that is another big trend. I think marketers are going to become stakeholders, potentially the the ultimate steward of customer education and we're seeing that in our customer base, like every day that marketers are getting more and more involved. And it's super exciting. Um, if for nothing else, marketers have like the biggest budget, right? So that's, that's great um, for if some of that can get funneled into customer education. And so, you know, when I think about at its core, what customer education is, um, it's, it's educational content, um, but it's kind of, it's um, it's it's like supercharged content. It's interactive. There's awards. There's certifications. There's interactive quizzes, and like who loves interactive content more than marketers? Like, like <laughs> nobody. <laughs> and um, and so I think that while we've um, we've often looked at customer education, the need arising out of um, like customer success teams and implementation teams, support teams, pro serve teams. Um, I think there is a strong possibility that we're going to see companies adopting customer education way up the funnel, you know, way, way, way further up the funnel. Like you said, like with the, like with the HubSpot Academy example, and I think when marketers fold into customer education, that's going to supercharge our category and take it to like a whole new place.
1: Yeah, you know, I can I can see it unfolding one of a couple ways. I'm sure there are more, but I, I think the two most likely, in my view, are either one, it happens exactly as you said, where marketing really takes up the mantle of becoming the, the sponsors and champions of customer education and customer education teams are born not necessarily of a reactive support need or a reactive training need for mm-hmm. an existing install base, but rather as uh, an opportunity to really define and educate a market. The other way yep. I can see it happening is if you think about the rise of the chief customer officer, and the elevation of that role and that function beyond just customer success. I do think, well, and I should say, customer success itself is more comprehensive than just customer support or customer experience, or um, you know, a kind of a subsidiary function that might roll up into a chief customer officer position. So we might, I think, also see them starting to take up the mantle of customer education from an earlier stage, which might mm-hmm. tie into another trend that you're talking about. And maybe both will happen, but I'm interested to see where those goes because customer education can kind of be the, it can be the marketing arm of, of customer success or it can be the customer arm of, of marketing. It can be a customer yeah. <laughs> marketing activity, you know? Yeah, I, th- I hear you. And
0: I, cause I think in the subscription, you know, in this kind of like economy we're in where retention is, is king, I actually still think there's some identity crisis happening and like, the whole like the revenue organization as a whole, right? Where uh you know, VP of sales before was, you know, where all the revenue was taking place and it was just like sell, 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 sell. And and now, like you said, you see that rise of the chief customer officer. And so, you know, where revenue is owned and and how revenue is divided, it's 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 now a, a more complicated matter than it was in the past. So I think you bring up a really good point about that. That chief customer officer, that, that'll be cool to track.
1: For sure. And so how do you see then from a delivery standpoint, how how are you seeing kind of the evolution of, I guess, the formats or the modalities that we're using for customer education?
0: I think there's tremendous innovation happening here. And this is something I, like when I put my product hat on, I'm just so deeply passionate about. So I think that one of the biggest trends we see over the next couple of years is that Customer education is going to move like beyond the the academy or that we've been we've referenced a couple times here, and so um, you know there's this idea out there that the the pinnacle of customer education is the classic academy, the shiny homepage, the learning the learning pathways, the certification programs, the integrated community, and and for like really good reason, right? It's a tremendous all in one destination that makes it easy engaging for users, um, and this is how it's been for a long time, but. We're seeing new ways to deliver customer education, uh, which really extends the academy or augments the academy. And um, this type of uh, delivery is is proactive, it's personalized, it's injected into the tools uh, that people use every single day. At NorthPass, we call this embedded. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a major, major gap in most customer education programs right now, and I think only the earliest of adopters are starting to fill that. So, you know, and I think it's important because, um, when you think about as consumers, how we, how we consume information in our personal lives, everything is presented to us, right? We almost, we almost don't even have to think anymore (laughs) outside of work because everything is on our mobile devices and it just like pushes information to us constantly about how to, how to direct our days, how to live our lives, how to consume information, everything we want to know. And so I think we're on the cusp here of uh, kind of the, the, to- the user's tolerance um, for education is gonna fall in line with, with that type of format where unless it's really pushed to them in a hyper-personalized contextual way, I think it's gonna be, um, we're gonna deal with like an a- a- attention or an engagement problem in the academy yeah. Um, and so I think it's really, really an exciting trend to see how this more embedded, more personalized, more proactively served um, learning uh, really pans out, and yeah. uh, it's really neat.
1: Because yeah, you're you're right. I mean, the the whole idea of the customer academy you can build you can build the best academy in the world, but you're still probably going to have some issue marketing it out to the rest of your customers who haven't discovered yet because you're still asking them to go to a different place to consume a certain type of content versus meeting them where they are. Right. And and so I I agree with you on the rise of embedded learning, on the rise of contextual learning. We had an episode uh, a while back that was called, Is in Product Education the New LMS? Mm. And it was in our old style hypothesis debate format, and Dave and I debated it for a while. and. I mean, we didn't have a clear conclusion from that. I I don't think that contextual or embedded learning is going to fully subsume what an academy or a community does today. Um, but it certainly is going to become a key component for anyone running a customer education program.
0: Absolutely. I, I see them as they're, they're necessary, right? They're, they're the academy and, uh, the, the, this embedded style. I I view them as extremely complementary, right? Um, because as you kind of mentioned, th- there's this marketing aspect of customer education that needs to be in place for it to be effective, and this kind of embedded and you know push-driven learning, it's it's just kind of like naturally marketing the content. Uh, but there still is a tremendous need to have that bigger, uh, more robust, more immersive experience that people can sit down and be thoughtful about and take their time with, right? So I think like it's more about how do you kind of divide what people want to know and and where do you, where do you put it? Like, what's the right, what's the appropriate format for what you're actually trying to accomplish?
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Fun to watch. It's going to be a fun one to watch. <laughs> Definitely. And, and so, you know, maybe this will help us transition a little bit into what you're, what you're actually seeing in your customer base. I'd love to hear a little bit uh, about what, you know, North's path, North, Passes, excuse me. Customers uh, are are doing with the platform and kind of what they're doing in the world of customer education. Sure, yeah. So we serve we serve a lot of different
0: industries. Um, you know, not not just uh, like the B two B SaaS space. We serve a lot, a lot of different industries: healthcare, manufacturing, real estate, marketplaces, and by and large, um, all of uh, those customer, all of our customers are uh, training their version of a customer. And, uh, and so we get to see how customer education is playing out across a, a really, really uh, diverse spectrum of companies. We rolled out a framework a couple of months ago. We call it Learning Ops. Uh, you can see it on our website. But what Learning Ops is all about is driving learning across the whole organization with the purpose of maximizing that customer experience And uh, it's a flywheel method. So it starts with getting alignment, starts with iterating quickly on content, and then really tying learning activity into business outcomes. And so we see a lot of interesting things in our customer base taking place around this learning ops flywheel. And so one of the most interesting things that we're seeing um, is kind of what we call multiple use cases. And I'll just I'll just kind of tell a a quick little story about this, um, and and then I'll kind of more clearly define it. But when I was, I'll never forget, going to see a customer in New York. So we're based out in New Jersey. We took a a rideshare into New York, and we serve a lot of rideshare companies uh, in a business. And so I'm always interested in talking to the drivers. And so I asked the driver, hey, do you prefer working for this platform or that platform? And they said, well, hey, I, I prefer working for platform A. I said, well, how come? And they said, well, it all comes down to how successful I am on the platform. Me- in this case, measured in earnings power, mm. but also um, what my ex- how satisfied I am <laughs> working with them when I have problems. Yeah, and like how fast they get back to me, and like their tone and their general like disposition towards me. And it just dawned on me at that moment. I was like, "Wow, customer education is not." just about educating that end user it's actually if we think about customer education as a driver for the customer experience it's yes it's about educating the end user the customer but it's also about educating the people that are serving that customer uh, the the service teams the sales teams the account management teams the customer success teams and so uh, that's something that we really promote in in our learning ops uh, framework and it's something that we organically see in our customer base is that uh, it's uh, we, we, have, we see a lot of direct customer education taking place, but we also see a lot of customer service team uh, education, customer success team education, sales team education, all oriented around either helping that customer succeed and maximize the results or giving them a really, really good experience. So that's been fun to see that of proliferation of use cases within uh, an individual customer.
1: Yeah, and you know, for, for anyone who's in customer education who might be getting asked, hey, you know, can you do internal enab- internal enablement as well? Like, can you do customer and employee education? Can you do um, sales enablement? Right? There's often a lot of overlap between the departments that run these things, uh, especially depending on the size of the company. To me, that's actually such a clear use case for how customer education and internal education directly overlap and augment each other, is that if you're Mm -hmm. putting great materials out there for your customers, uh, and you've created so much great source of truth content, then of course you want your uh, frontline customer teams also getting access to that same customer education so that they can uh, play their role in educating the customer, so they can use that content to supplement what they do so they don't spend time uh, you know, including their precious time or the customer's precious time, repeating things, um, and so that you know they'll they'll know what the customer's experience with that content will be.
0: Right, right, right. And you get and, and not to mention like from an internal efficiency point of view, you get so much you get so much leverage. Right, S- same core piece of content can serve many audiences, and and that's just, that's great for for uh, operational efficiency too.
1: Yeah, I agree. So you, you mentioned, you know, uh, embedded learning or, or integrated learning. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you're seeing in your customer base there. Yeah, we're seeing some really, really cool things here. So we, we are seeing our
0: customers um, build um, customer education experiences like natively um, into their own uh, websites and into their own mobile apps. So um, last week, actually, I was talking to one of our Our customers. She she runs product over at a she's um she's a VP of product over at a luxury real estate firm, and um, her and her team they've just done amazing work weaving learning experiences throughout the entire journey of their real estate agents. Who for them that's essentially a form of their customer, right? Because they're these independent agents, sort of like a channel partner model too. Exactly. Yeah, very much so. And she just said, "Hey." like I can't force people to learn. Um, and you know, these people are out in the field a lot. They're, they most of them are not going to sift through, you know, our central hub. So instead we're, we're bringing it to them contextually right within this, um, this, uh, agent app that her company has built, uh, on their own and they're serving it up, uh, n- natively and contextually. And so, that's one one example there. And and the engagement's been really high and the adoption's been really high. And so uh, we're seeing a lot of this kind of integrated learning. And it's not just within proprietary apps, but I'm sure you've seen this too, Adam. It's like there's a lot of just uh, integration happening to commercial apps too, like CRM systems and marketing automation systems and customer success systems. And we're seeing learning really brought into these revenue and customer ecosystems, um, which I think is, it's great. It's just, it's bringing learning closer to, to, um, uh, to the, the core operation.
1: Yeah. And, and it also, it starts to integrate the learning data. So you don't just have say learning attendance and consumption sitting in a silo somewhere that's completely divorced from the rest of the data in your org. So I actually, maybe that's the, the last one I'd be curious to talk about is, How are you seeing uh, customer education teams start to combine or integrate that data uh, so that they can really point to the impact of what they do?
0: Yeah, this is this whole impact analysis. I'd say, like, I mean, just like candidly, I'd say that this is probably the area uh, as a category that we have the most work to do on. You know, there's a lot of maturity around. Uh, other areas of, of customer education. This one I think is, is just ripe for, for seeing some <laughs> maturity around. <laughs> yes. It's, it <laughs> and, continues and to reason. be our
1: elusive Holy grail. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's hard to do, right. It's, it's really <laughs> hard to do, but we are seeing a lot of traction and we, we're seeing the desire to get there. And we have, uh, some customers that have successfully correlated, um, Material impact on their business to learning activity data, and uh, and that's that's great, right? That I think the more that we can um, publish on that, the more that we can uh, socialize that and build frameworks around that. You know, the more we're going to be able to enable uh, the customer education leaders out there on on how to make this how to make this real.
1: Yeah, and and you know, it may look in some ways like like other disciplines like marketing or, or even like sales where, you know, these are things that weren't quantified at first. Um, you know, we had to do a lot of them on faith and then as the data became richer, uh, as there became more activity in the space, then we did start to see more rigor around being able to do attribution and actually being able to, to do impact analysis because it's a core business function. So There's a little bit of a chicken and the egg there, but I, I think, I think, I think I'm starting to see more, more chicks hatching out of more eggs.
0: Yeah, and More and chickens, laying cool, and more
1: eggs. <laughs> I think what's cool about it too is it brings in another stakeholder
0: in the business. I mean, there's more and more data science uh, coming into business. There's more analyst um, resources coming into businesses. There's there's great new analytical tools uh, that are becoming pretty accessible to to businesses and, mm-hmm. and data pipelines. And so um, I think we're going to see this mature at a pretty rapid pace over the next couple of years.
1: I I think so too. And it's really exciting to see. So Steve, this has been a great discussion so far. Let's wrap up with, uh, one thing we always do in the CEO series and really talk CEO to CEO. Um, so this is a little segment that we call the view from C level because I like puns. So, um, (laughs) let's just talk real quick when, when you're talking to other CEOs, whether it's on your customer side, um, or you know, even talking to investors or the board, what are you talking about? what What do what do CEOs care about in this space? Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I, I, CEOs are talking about it. Boards are talking about it. And so that, like that, on its own, the fact that these leaders at at, at the at the C level, I like that one by the way, good one. Thank you. Um, the, the fact that they are engaged uh, is very meaningful, just on its own, right? And very uh, very good for for our space. Um, but there are, there's a couple, uh, I guess areas there that we, uh, we, um, we, we, talk about and, uh, engage on. So I think first is just like acknowledging that, you know, customer for life is, is the goal and CX, you know, customer experience is, is the path to get there. And so just like, f- just acknowledging that and talking about that, what what that means and the implications of that is a really really good, um, healthy discussion that 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 I'm having with uh, a lot of the the top executives w- within our customers and and uh, and externally as well. And I think specifically on that point, you kind of have to you have to ask the question. It's a tough question, but like, what happens if you don't prioritize? customer education. What happens to the customer experience if competitors are prioritizing customer education? If competitor shows up with a great engaging academy or an embedded learning experience within their app, right? Like what does that mean for your install base? What does that mean for your prospective customers? And just having that conversation uh, is a great starting place. And so I think I, I encourage CEOs to, to think about that, to to engage in that, and and to really just kind of be be thoughtful about those decisions. Um, and the other thing that that is a really interesting topic right now is the question of CEOs and you know boards of like how do we how do we make room for for customer education you know in the budgeting and the hiring, and so it's important to talk about ROI. It's important to talk mm-hmm. about the impacts on you know reducing time. The time to customer value or increasing the rates of product adoption or or driving down you know support costs at so so the yeah. business can scale cost efficiently.
1: so well and, and even the one you brought up before about uh, customer education as a competitive differentiator, like those are all light bulb moments that still have to go off at some point. Uh, and you have yeah. to be at some level of scale where that really resonates with you. But I think you're right, as the category matures, And it becomes more of a given table stakes thing that your company does. I think there will probably start to be a little bit less, um, resistance to get to that light bulb moment. It'll be more of an accepted practice. I think so. And, and I think that tactically speaking, you know, one of the
0: things that I think, um, I spend a lot of time talking to executives on is to, um, don't fret about like striving to have 10,000 certifications in year one of your customer education program. Like, yes, that's it. That's a great thing to strive for, but just get started with, with one lesson, get it Mm -hmm. out there, get feedback on it. And the the sooner you get that feedback on it, the sooner you're going to learn about what, how to take that next step. And so that's another thing. I think there's just like a, a a level of pragmatism uh, at the executive level that has to be, uh, has to be discussed and has to be acknowledged and prioritized because otherwise it can be, it can be runaway scope creep and, and, and then never go anywhere.
1: Yeah. You're, you're trying to run before you're even crawling. Mm -hmm. So Steve, before we cut out today, thank you so much for your time. Uh, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the audience? Hey, this has been so much fun. Um, For the audience, just like
0: thank you for all the people building uh, around this. It's it's awesome. It's fun to be a part of it. Uh, I think we're we're doing some good work on getting a lot of uh, traction on this category. So so thank you. Um, And uh, hey, for anybody who's curious about building a customer education program, like don't wait. You know, get started. It doesn't matter if you're if you're a marketer, if you're in if you're in the customer organization, if you're in product, like just get started. Start small. Start small. Scale up and, and you, you will eventually have those you know, that huge that those ten thousand certifications a, a year uh so i encourage you to just uh get moving so if they want to get
1: moving with northpass where can they find you steve
0: northpass.com uh that's where we are um and then uh personally i i love linkedin and uh, i'm just uh i'm on linkedin so you can connect with me directly there i love hearing from people and and would love to connect with you and help you out if you can
1: amazing well Thank you, Steve, for taking time out of your day to share your thoughts with us. And to our audience, like you, we're passionate about customer education. We're committed to connecting with our growing audience of leaders and professionals to the people and ideas they need to understand the field. So if you wanna learn more, we have a podcast website at customer.education where you can find show notes and other materials. On Twitter, I'm at Avramescu. Steve, you're on LinkedIn? I'm on LinkedIn. Special thanks to Alan Coda for our theme music. And if this helped you out, you can help us out by subscribing in your podcatcher of choice or leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Those things really help expose our podcast to other people. To our audience, thanks for joining us. Go out and educate, experiment, and find your people. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Adam.